This podcast is produced by members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is not an official podcast of the church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. I believe in Christ. He is my King. All my heart to Him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy. In grand amens, my tongue employ. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Thank you for tuning in. This is episode 26. Uh, Matthew, oh, no, not Matthew, sorry. The first section of Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapters 1 through 5, July 1st through July 7th. Um, Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Um, So if you'd like to follow the podcast, you can check it out on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram, uh, I Believe in Christ podcast, or Twitter at I Believe underscore pod. Um, If you'd like to... Uh, support me and what I'm doing and help pay for any hosting, you can go to patreon.com slash I believe in Christ. And uh, any of the music from today is from Colobite. Uh, real quick, before I forget, happy 4th of July this week. Um, yeah, so I think that's, oh, I guess I didn't really introduce the podcast. If you're a first time listener, sorry, getting way ahead of myself. Um, welcome. And uh, this is the podcast where I talk about the church news for the past week, and we go over the lesson from Come Follow Me for Individuals and Families. Um, so like I said, this is episode 26, um, and uh, that's what we'll be covering today is uh, Acts of the Apostles. So yes, um, let's uh, get into some church news and then on to the lesson. I believe in Christ, he is God's son. On earth to dwell, his soul did come. He healed the sick, the dead he raised. Good works were his, his name he praised. All right, in the church news this week, the church is busy as always. Uh, There were a few articles that came out, uh, one of which... That's how you say it. One of them I am particularly uh, excited to learn more about. But um, getting started, the guests, the guest artists for the president uh, Nelson's for President Nelson's 95th birthday party or birthday celebration um, have been announced. So scheduled for early September, uh, we have Jenny Oaks Baker and Family Four Gentry, the Bonner Family. Nathan Pacheco, which uh, Nathan had a interview on the All In podcast. If you'd like to learn more about him and his music and stuff, uh, he's also on uh, Spotify. He's got a bunch of good songs on there. Um, sorry, and then lastly, Donny Osmond. Um, and those artists will all join the Tabernacle Choir um, and Orchestra at Temple Square uh, for the Friday, September sixth, twenty nineteen celebration. So pretty cool. Um, all these uh, artists will be playing for President Nelson's birthday celebration. Uh, moving on, the Mission Leadership Seminar was held for the Latter-day, for Latter-day Saint leaders. Um, so new mission presidents um, being trained and sent out 
um, this July that took place uh, June 23rd through 25th. And um, one of the cool things I thought that they announced in here, which, um, like I said, I'm a little uh, excited to read more about, is a new missionary handbook. Uh, it says, Elder Neil L. Anderson, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and member of the Missionary Executive Council, introduced a new missionary handbook of instructions, and mission leaders received preview copies. The handbook, Missionary Standards for Disciples of Jesus Christ, will replace the current 2010 version and will be available to all missionaries later this year. And then quoting Elder Anderson, it says, Missionary Standards for Disciples of Jesus Christ is more principle-based than prescription-based. It is an invitation to obedience with more words of the Savior, more meaningful scripture references, and an open letter from the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve. So uh, pretty cool coming down um, from, you know, the leaders of the church, a new a uh, new missionary handbook. Um, also, a few good quotes in here um, about this training uh, from President Nelson, from Elder Uchtdorf, um, and from Sister Bonnie H. Corden, the Young Women's General President. But um, Elder Uchtdorf says here, um, for the next three years, you're oper- uh, speaking to the the new mission presidents, he says, for the next three years, your mission, sorry, your opportunity and your great charge are to create a spirit of love, unity, and high expectation in the mission where you have been called to serve God and his children. You will do this by helping your beloved and precious missionaries to be filled with a love of God, with a desire to keep his commandments, and with an authentic love for all people. Um, so go check out this article and read a, a little bit more in depth on um, some of the things they're doing to prepare the mission presidents. Um, but it was a pretty good article. Um, and then moving on, the Africa Southeast area is to be divided into two areas. Uh, the change is effective August 2020. Um, so they just said the recent growth in the church of the church in Africa has led to the necessity to uh, break out uh, one of the Southeast areas. Uh, they said that there'll be more information to follow about the specifics of the the divide but um, and how that'll be broken up. Um, and then we have <clears throat> the, uh, let's see here, Elder Cook um, spoke with uh, Catholic Cardinal at the Freedom Festival. Um, and so that took place, uh, I think it was at the, uh, yeah, at... Um, Utah Valley University. Sorry, a lot of U's. Uh, Utah Valley University UCCU Center in Orem. Um, So they spoke there and talked about how uh, faiths need to be unified and supporting each other in the United States. And um, that most coverage is these radical uh, religious groups that just pit each other against each other and want nothing to do with each other. So... um, there was a couple videos that came out on the church newsroom, um, like YouTube and videos. You can go watch of them uh, giving some addresses. And lastly, the gospel literacy program launched in Sierra Leone to strengthen families. Um, so the church is launching a pilot program to help uh, with literacy in um, all these different countries. But they're starting in this uh, West African country of Sierra Leone to implement this test program. Um, so me- members or those that are wanting to learn 
will um, meet with teachers on Sunday and they will go over some basic um, literacy things and then be, uh, they're supposed to test, like uh, work on the practice. There we go. Practice uh, these things throughout the week. So um, it says it'll focus on church principles, um, gospel principles, and uh, teaching them basically how to uh, teach their children or their neighbors about these church principles. So pretty cool um, new program that they're piloting to do this. Um, but that is it for the church news. And uh, we'll move over to the lesson from Come Follow Me this week. I believed in Christ, he ransomed me. From Satan's grasp, he sets me free. I shall live with joy and love. All right. The lesson from Come Follow Me for individuals and families this week is um, for July 1st through July 7th, Acts chapters 1 through 5, ye shall be witnesses unto me. And this is um, the Acts of the Apostles, which is a book that was written by Luke, is a continuation of Luke's gospel. And, um, yeah, so we follow, um, Luke continuing to write here, um, flipping back to chapter one. Uh, so in chapter one, it talks about, um, Jesus Christ, um, he ascends into heaven here, um, but he spends 40 days speaking with the apostles, spending time with them and teaching them. And, um, and then he is, uh, he ascends back into heaven, but in chapter eight, it kind of gives an outline for, uh, what the book of Acts will basically do and be about. So, um, it says, but you shall receive power after the, that the whole, sorry, but you shall receive power after that the Holy ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. So here um, the Savior speaking and he's telling the apostles that they will receive the Holy Ghost and then after that they will take his gospel to Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria. And as we unfold the story in Acts, that is what happens. Um, they receive the Holy Ghost after which they are given or after which they preach in Jerusalem and then move into Judea and then into Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the world. So um, kind of cool. Um, like I said, here we have the Savior uh, teaching with them, spending time with them for 40 days. Um, he's It's just in this one chapter. Then he uh, ascends into heaven, which I um, the picture for this, lesson the, on the last page is a pretty cool picture of Jesus ascending into heaven, I thought. Um, and he's kind of like looking back down and his feet are like lifted off the ground and stuff and everyone's looking out, up at him. So it was kind of cool. Um, and then um, there's the, the scripture here that says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in a like manner as ye have seen him going into heaven. And so, um, 
like I said, this ends Jesus Christ being on the earth, uh, spending time with the apostles. And as we move into chapter two, uh, we have the day of Pentecost. And so I didn't know this, but, um, or I probably did know this, but it was buried in my brain somewhere. But the day of Pentecost, uh, it takes place 50 days after Passover. And it was a celebration, uh, in Jewish, uh, tradition. How's that? Uh, where after the first harvest or, uh, they would celebrate and it used to, in the old Testament, I guess it was just a day. Um, and it was called the day of harvest. And, um, after reading chapter two and learn and, you know, reading about how this was the day that, uh, they were given the Holy ghost and they're preaching and they bring 3000 souls unto Christ, um, after preaching on the day of Pentecost. And, um, they, uh, they preach with the gift of tongues. Um, and then thinking about how this is the day of harvest. And so it was just kind of this symbolism that, and people probably put this together, like you guys listening are like, yeah, no duh. But, um, it was just pretty cool that, uh, on the day of harvest, there was this huge harvest of 3000 souls joining the church of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, in these times or those times is what I mean. But um, here in chapter 2, verse 38, we have um, Peter, um, after he's kind of testified of, of Jesus Christ and um, of his doctrine, these people, um, I guess in 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Um, and so in 38, Peter responds, uh, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And um, so that kind of talks gets into the doctrine of Christ. And I've kind of jumped through those first two chapters, um, but going back to the the Come Follow Me manual, um, there's um, a section here. Uh, the first principles and ordinances of the gospel help me come unto Christ. And so um, the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are uh, faith, repentance, being baptized, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, as Peter says here. Um, so the manual has a quote from Elder Dale G. Renland that says, We may be perfected by repeatedly exercising faith in Christ, repenting, partaking of the sacrament to renew the covenants and blessings of baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost as a constant companion to a greater degree. As we do so, we become more like Christ and are able to endure to the end with all that that entails. So Elder Renlund explaining to us the importance of these principles and how we they can take effect in our lives. Um, there is a talk referenced um, after this section, the Doctrine of Christ, uh, from the October 2016 General Conference um, by, I believe, a member of the 70. Uh, I didn't write it down. Oh, Brian K. Ashton. Um, but in his talk, he goes through and talks about how the Doctrine of Christ allows us uh, to obtain blessings of Christ's atonement. And so, um, you know, oftentimes the Doctrine of Christ... Uh, we talk about it, and it's kind of plainly written out. But um, thinking about it in terms of it is these it it is these principles. 
those principles, uh, however you say that, that allow us to partake in Christ's atonement. And um, they are necessary stepping stones um, for us to manifest that in our lives. Um, so interesting and uh, worth a good, solid uh, study. Uh, moving on in the lesson, it says, Jesus Christ directs his church through the Holy Ghost. Um, so in this section, uh, back in Acts 1, sorry, jumping around a little bit, it talks about, um, I kind of skipped over it, but they call a new apostle to the church. Um, the the 11 apostles that were left after Judas, um, they recognized that they needed to call another apostle and it talks about how they did that. And in it, um, sorry, turning back here, it says, And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two men thou hast chosen, that they may take part of his ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. And so now we're back to twelve. But this section talks a lot about um, how Jesus Christ directs his church through the Holy Ghost, and how um, the eleven at the time, they gathered together, they appointed two men, uh, there were two, two men that were brought forth, uh, they prayed together to know which of these two men they should you know, uh, choose to be an apostle or which of the two men God would call to be an apostle. And then it says they cast forth forth their lots, um, which uh, I think most people recognize casting forth their lots was like kind of drawing sticks or like kind of voting or something. Um, But this was a way that Jesus Christ had instructed them to... uh, to do these sorts of things so that the will of the Lord would be made manifest. Um, and so this whole situation where they're pointing, they're praying and they're coming together and working together is one to bring upon, bring the, uh, will of the Lord, uh, to come to pass. Um, sorry, I'm having trouble putting my words together. Um, anyway, so, uh, this all relates to how we can, uh, use the spirit in our lives today to, um, you know, have the Lord's will come to pass in our lives. So, um, there is a great quote from President Nelson's talk. There's a great talk by President Nelson, um, from which I took a quote. Um, and this is from his talk in, uh, I think it was the April t- uh, General Conference 2017, April 2017 General Conference. Um, but the talk was titled Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives. And one of the big things that President Nelson has been covering is seeking personal revelation and knowing for yourself, um, you know, the things of the church, uh, the truths of the church, and and seeking that revelation um, in our daily lives for just all sorts of things. He tells stories about how you can receive revelation for work, um, how he was, you know, performing surgery and received revelation about a surgery he should perform or how he should perform a surgery rather. Uh, but in this quote, he says, um, he says here, 
one of the things that, or sorry, one of the things the Spirit has repeatedly oppressed upon my mind since my new calling as president of the church is how willing the Lord is to reveal his mind and will. The privilege of receiving revelation is one of the greatest gifts of God to his children. Through the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, the Lord will assist us in our righteous pursuits. And he says, brothers and sisters, how can we become the men and women, the Christ-like servants the Lord needs us to be? How can we find answers to questions that perplex us? If Joseph Smith's transcendent experience in the sacred grove teaches us anything, it is that the heavens are open and that God speaks to his children. And so in terms of revelation, um, President Nelson here just laying down his testimony that revelation is real and that God wants to speak with us and we can seek him to, uh, you know, receive that revelation. Um, moving on to the next section, it says the first, oh, sorry, the next section says, what is the purpose of the gift of tongues? So here in Acts 2, um, during the Pentecost or the day of harvest, all of these um, people had gathered from all these surrounding cities, and many of them sp spoke different languages. The uh, apostles were blessed with the gift of tongues, and it said the people heard as if it were in their own language, uh, and they were able to understand uh, what was being preached. And um, so here it talks about the purpose of the gift of tongues, and it says, um, from Joseph Smith, it says, The ultimate design of the gift of tongues is to speak to foreigners. Um, the Feast of Pentecost, a major Jewish holiday, brought Jews from many nations to Jerusalem. The gift of tongues allowed these visitors to understand the apostles' words in their native languages. And so... Um, I think a lot of people, I don't know, there's always like, I've never been to a Pentecostal church and I'm not trying to say anything bad about them, but I've heard that there's people that just like break out and talk in tongues and no one knows what they're saying. And so, um, we learn that the gift of tongues is to speak to foreigners or to, uh, be able to interpret what is being taught, I guess you could say. Or that would be the gift of interpretation of tongues. Anyway, jumping over that to the next section, what are the times of refreshing and the times of restitution of all things? Um, so in chapter 3 of Acts, um, it talks about that there will be a time of refreshing, uh, which is referring to the millennium, and the time of the restitution of all things, where it's referring to the restoration of the gospel. And... Um, this section uh, in chapter 3 is where, uh, who is it, Peter and John, they are uh, coming to a temple, and they're walking in, and this, uh, this like, 40-year-old man is brought to the temple by some people all the time, set outside, and he just asks people for, people for alms, and they're walking in, and Peter sees this man, and he you know, receives some revelation from the spirit that he's supposed to heal this man. And so, um, let's see here. I'll just read what Peter says. Cause I found it very good, but it says, um, 
Then Peter said, this is chapter Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then um, he takes the man by the hand, his ankle bones and his feet are all healed, and the man, uh, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple, um, and he was leaping and praising God. Well, this uh, made the fair or the Pharisees and the um, oh, who was it? Anyway, the Jewish leaders there. It uh, made them pretty upset, and but they all these people knew this man because he was always there outside. And so they couldn't, like, deny that it had happened. And word spread fast that this man had been healed by these apostles of Jesus Christ. So they bring these guys in and they ask them, you know, um, like, who did you say you did this in the name of? And they say, you know, Jesus Christ, the man that you guys, or the son of God who you guys crucified. And they say, ah, you got to stop. You can't say that. Um <laughs> So, um, in chapter four, Peter and John are arrested and, uh, then Peter just lays down solid testimony. They say, you have to stop preaching in the name of Christ. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, paraphrasing of course. And, um, then in chapter five, I believe, uh, I thought they got arrested twice, but the, uh, an angel of God comes and lets them out of jail. They're looking for the the apostles, Peter and John, and they're in, some guys like, yeah, they're in the temple teaching again. And so they come and they're brought forth in front of a council again. And the council's like, I don't know why I'm paraphrasing this whole thing. Um, you guys will read about it and you'll know all about it, probably more than I do. But because I just read it, I guess it's fresh in my mind. So um, anyway, so <laughs> Peter and John... Um, this Pharisee leader is like, Hey, if this is a church of God, it'll, it'll, you know, there's no point in fighting against it, but he lists a bunch of other guys that tried to do things. And, uh, he's like, they all just fizzled out and all of their followers all died and nothing came of it. So if this is not of God, it'll just fizzle out. So let's just let them go. So they say, okay, stop preaching in the name of Christ and go. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Um, so, uh, lastly in Acts five, um, there's this story of, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira. Um, so I remember reading this story a long time ago and, um, it's kind of comical. Um, but at the same time, I guess it's not, but these two disciples, um, who I guess I, I kind of skimmed over, but the, Disciples and the apostles of Christ at the time were, um, it says that everything was common among them, uh, meaning they were living the law of consecration, where everything you have is given to the church, and then the church basically provides for you with what you need, and um, everything's used to help build up the kingdom of God. Um, so your time, talents, money, um, everything is given to the church, and then the church provides but um, that's like a simplified version. Um, anyway, I hope I explained it well. But um, so back to the story of Ananias and Sapphira. 
So uh, they sell a bunch of land, and then they decide to keep some of the money, and they give the rest to the church. And Peter, um, Peter, so Ananias goes in, Ananias goes in, and Peter's like, why? He says, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Um, and he basically just curses um or rebukes Ananias. And then it says, um, And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon them that heard these things. So he dies just right there after being rebuked by Peter uh, for trying to basically steal from the Lord and not living this uh, law of consecration that they were living at the time. And then later, three hours later, so some guys just pick him up, take him outside and bury him. Uh, after he dies. Later, his wife comes in and Peter asks her, he's like, hey, did you guys sell the land for this price? And she's like, yeah, we did. And he's like, and he says unto her in verse nine, chapter five, verse nine, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. And it says in verse 10, then she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon many as heard these things. So kind of a funny story. And the reason I, uh, kind of funny, but trying to stay serious, um, but then it'll be funny here in a second. Um, but the reason I share it is in the ideas for family and scripture study, the idea is to act this story out. So I think uh, it just seems like they knew that this is kind of funny, but it says your family might enjoy acting out the account of Ananias and Sapphira with simple costumes and some coins. So I just, I don't know. I just think it's kind of funny that they're like, yeah, people are going to read this and they're going to want to, you know, talk about it and act it out. So um, it says, what lessons do you learn from this story? Depending on the needs of your family, you might discuss honesty, sustaining church leaders, or consecration. Um, And that brings us to the end of the lesson, Um, chapters 1 through 5. There's a lot of great doctrine to study this week in there. Um, The concluding thing here for improving our teaching, it says to pick a topic and let let family members take turns choosing topics from chapters 1 through 5 to study together. Um, like I said, there's a lot of great things in this, in these chapters that, uh, we can study and, uh, make sure to take a, take a gander at that last picture. Cause I think it's cool. I might have to find it and hang it up somewhere. Um, I was just going to look through my notes, see if there's anything I didn't share that I meant to share. Cause I do that sometimes. Anyway, I think that's it. Um, I appreciate you listening. Um, yeah. Tune in next week for the next lesson. I hope to get it out on time. This one came out a little late. I had to move my office from upstairs to downstairs and I took a little longer than I thought. So I had to hurry and get it all set up so I could record this anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening and have a good week. Thanks. Thanks.